This is the Quick Slants Podcast. What is up, Packers fans? Welcome back to the Quick Slants Podcast at Game On Wisconsin. I'm your host, Jason Perrone. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Perrone. You can find Game On Wisconsin at Game On WI. The Packers lost again to the Jets. 27 to 10, following up a terrible second half meltdown last week against the Giants in London. They are now three and three. This game sucked, and the Green Bay Packers right now suck. They're lost. And I'm not going to bother breaking down a bunch of specific plays, scenarios. I'm not going to go through the flow of the game because right now, does any of that really matter? It does it does it make a difference? Is that what you want to hear about? I think at this point, we all want to know what the hell is wrong with the Green Bay Packers, the coaches, the players, the organization. They look like absolute shit. And there's no better way to put it. The only thing I can come up with right now that eases this a little bit is that it's not the end of the season yet, but they use the phrase, it's getting late early when teams don't win games and they find themselves way behind in the standings because they perform poorly early on and don't improve, then things get bad. I mean, this is a 3-3 and Packers team, and I don't know how on earth this team managed to win three, has managed to win three games. And they beat a Tom Brady-led, albeit undermanned, Tampa Bay team Packers had some people out in that game, too. They took care of what they needed to against the Bears. But these last two games, I don't know if it's a New York thing, a London thing, or both. These last two games have been some of the most putrid football I have seen the Packers play in the Aaron Rodgers era. And so that is how this show starts, and that is the tone of this show. So if you're looking for some upbeat analysis or hopeful anything you're probably not going to find it go ahead and turn it off we'll try again next week and I'll get to next week as well but this entire game was just a continuous loop of trash play and effort the Packers quit in this game they stopped playing football and I have seen that very few times in the last since I started watching the Packers play, and it was it's it is this team is a royal effing mess right now. They they are a mess. They were bad all day. Another disgusting second half by a team that just looks disinterested. They played disinterested at home at Lambeau Field in their throwback uniforms, where they needed to show themselves and everyone else that last week was a fluke. And they didn't. Not only did they not, they sucked. It wasn't a fluke. The Packers suck right now. They're a bad football team. I saw some comments about how this feels like the 1980s. Um, Those comments are wrong. This is not the 80s, okay? Because the 80s were much worse. And it gets worse if you're going to truly say we're back in the 80s. We still have a ways to go, but... Uh, the Packers can get there very quickly. 
you know, one point I joked that I looked at my watch in this at, at during this game and and it said 2018. And I'm talking about like week 17 when there was no playoffs, nothing to play for, interim head coach Mike McCarthy fired dog poo. That was also a game at Lambeau Field. The Green Bay Packers at times really just don't act like they give an F. And this game against the Jets was one of them. Back in the 80s, the Packers weren't favored to beat anyone, getting back to that whole thing. I mean, they they were an easy out, especially against really good teams. Those seasons never felt hopeful. I mean, at least coming into this season, we felt like the Packers had a, a shot to win the division, return to the postseason tournament. Let's see what happens. In the 80s, that was never the case. So I, I guess let's stop overblowing this now because there's actually still time for this to get worse and become a bad time in team history. But you know, we're we're talking about we're talking about two games, the result of two games, but really it's one and a half games worth of six quarters. Six quarters of very bad, lackluster, terrible, crap ass football. The offense couldn't move the ball, they couldn't win up front. They couldn't run the ball. They clearly don't have enough at receiver to create or keep defenses honest to allow the other areas of their offense to create. They can't do anything. On defense, suddenly they can't tackle. They can't force turnovers. They got gashed again in the run. They got beat up front. They got punched in the mouth. Special teams doesn't want to be left outside the club. They're in the line waiting to get past the bouncer. They finally get into the club, and they get a field goal block. They get a punt block. They give up a touchdown. They give up a 34-yard kick return after being given 15 yards and kicking off from the 50-yard line. Futility. Futility. They got their asses handed to them for a second week in a row. So, again, it ain't about a play here and there, and I'm not going to sit here and talk about specific plays. You want to you hear about that? Go listen to some of the other podcasts. And like I said, there's a lot of great guys and gals that do phenomenal film work. Go see what they have to say. Uh, until, I mean, they're, they're, this, the Packers are just playing bad. I mean, until they show otherwise to an acceptable level, this is a bad football team. They're bad. I said right now to start the show, I shouldn't have said right now. They are bad. And it starts with the head coach. Because on this show, and with me personally, that's how I view the Packers as an organization and companies in general, really, it, the responsibility and the blame starts at the top, and so that would start with Matt LaFleur. There are plenty of other areas to look at with the team. We'll go over some of those as well, but let, let's start with the head coach. Matt LaFleur is asked about only getting Aaron Jones three touches in the second half. What did we hear last week after the Giants game? It's not ideal. Aaron Jones says, if you know, on my, you, you know, for my money, I, I, I'd take me and AJ to pick up the yards that they needed at the end of the game. Three touches in the second half. Matt LaFleur says, that's not good enough. That answer sucks, coach. That's unacceptable. That, that answer doesn't fly. Do better. Not good enough. It was not good enough last week. This week, you just suck at your job. Your offense sucks at operating. So you're not good enough either. That's that's one quote. Matt LaFleur says, that was extremely disappointing. That was very humbling. Well, I'm glad that you're humbled. Finally, I'm glad that you finally have been humbled after looking like a fool and a clown two weeks in a row. I'm glad that you're humbled. Maybe now you'll make some changes and you'll 
have this team prepared to play a football game because what we've been watching has not been football, not a, not even at a, at a semi-pro level, let alone at the NFL level. I don't know what your team is doing. You have no grip on it. We all got to be better. Yeah, well, you know, don't we all? I think that's that's an understatement. We got to get back to work. Uh, I'm really curious to know what the Packers do at practice. Um, I, I really am very, very curious. We have to have that urgency and want to improve. Why don't you? It's your team. You're the head coach. If your team doesn't have the urgency and they don't want to improve, you need you need different players, you need better coaches because you're the one that's supposed to set that tone. You're the one that's supposed to demand that urgency and that desire to improve. Now, this is going to get into the, the general manager, Brian Gutekunst, because he hands Matt LaFleur the players that he has to work with. Goody's the one that goes out and drafts the players, his scouting team scouts, and they do, they do the drafting. They sign the free agents. They decide who they're going to keep, who they're not going to keep. And maybe at the end of it all, Matt LaFleur, when we look at the ingredients to this team, we will we'll say, hey, you know, he was he was kind of shorthanded. He was handed a really, really tough situation. We're going to talk more about the makeup of the roster and the team and why it does extend beyond just coaching. Because right now I'm focused on Matt LaFleur and I'm being very harsh and I'm being very critical of Matt LaFleur but I'm not down with what he's saying. And I don't care if this is what coaches say. I don't have to accept that. I don't have to just say, well, that's what all coaches say. My co-host over at Packaday, Mark Eckel, covered the NFL for 30-something years. We texted after this terrible game. And, and Mark said, well, that, I said, what's up with this, this coach speak? That's what they all say. I, I know that. I don't care. It's not good enough. And so I'm choosing to take my shots here and say my piece about the head coach because I really don't think he's equipped to handle this situation right now. He's done a very poor job. I mean, at at 0-0 early in the game, there he is over at the bench talking to the offensive line. He's got the team. He's talking to the offense, trying to get them together and in line. They lost 27-10. Are his players responding to him? Are they capable of responding to him? Is this team just full of bad players? Average to below average players that we thought were good? Did they somehow max out last year and play above their head against all of the odds? I don't know. I really don't know. Final quote here from from, uh, Coach LaFleur. We're going to have to take a good hard look at everything. Are you? That's great. Thank you for letting us know you're going to go do your job. You know, that would that's like me and, and somebody saying, hey, I showed up on time today. Cool. Go work. Go do your job. At a minimum, you do everything and say everything that Matt LaFleur just said at a minimum. And right now, that's how the Packers are playing. They're putting out the bare minimum, and it shows because their results are zero. They've lost two games in a row. You don't hear me as downtrodden and and this curt towards Packers players and coaches. You know, my, my patience is running very, very thin with this head coach right now because he looks like a chump 
way too often. When he plays against his buddies, his brother is across the way, offensive coordinator of the Jets. I know Matt LaFleur doesn't call the defense. Punked the Packers. Punked. Absolutely punked. Robert Sala, former colleague, knows Matt LaFleur well, was the defensive coordinator in San Francisco in 2019 when LaFleur joined the Packers, handed LaFleur his ass twice, and did it again. These areas of the of the Packers that were supposed to be the answers, the defense, the secondary, Rodgers, they're bad. And again, this team checked out and they stopped trying well before the game was over. That is... They quit. I mean, at home, after a bad performance last week in London, that is on Matt LaFleur. You can argue with me all day. You can you can write me, DM me, tweet me, whatever, all day. It's on Matt LaFleur. Because it starts with the head coach, and that's where we're at in this conversation. Matt LaFleur is a front runner. Until further notice, Matt LaFleur is a front runner. He has an inflated win percentage. It's all fluffy crap. And it is historically good fluffy crap, but it's fluffy crap. He sounds lost. He just, he said he doesn't like beating his friends. But when he turns around to look at the next guy in line to help fix it, like, hey, who's going to help? Who's going to take care of this? Well, you're the one that's supposed to take care of it because you're the head coach. You're the one who's supposed to try to figure out how to stop the bus and turn it around. And also with all this stuff that I've said here, Matt LaFleur is going to be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers for the foreseeable future. You might be sitting at home calling for his job, flipping off your device at what I'm saying at him. The Packers aren't even thinking about making a coaching change. I said it last week. Knee jerk is not the way to run a team. We're going to have to watch this coaching staff navigate the uncharted waters of this slump of adversity, of losing. And let me tell you something about your friends, Coach LaFleur, the ones that you don't like to beat. I don't like beating friends and family. Well, they're not returning that favor. The aw shucks mentality and you know you're raising your cute little eyebrows it ain't cutting it because your old pals seem really awfully glad to see you good old Maddie standing across the field there knowing that he's a, just a big teddy bear in this game was more like a Charmin bear fluffy and and with you know what all over him by the end of the game Robert Sala told his team at halftime just keep with the body blows just keep with blow after blow after blow keep taking them into deeper waters they'll find out they can't swim no fear there is no fear instilled by the Packers. No one fears them. As a man, sure, they respect LaFleur, but as a coach, no one right now feels like he's going to outdo them. Any edge that he had, that he built up over all these past three-plus seasons with 13 wins, it's gone now. It's down the toilet as far as his cred goes. Teams are looking for, they're hoping for the Packers on their schedule because right now the Packers are the easy game. Path of least resistance. And again, LaFleur's team quit. They quit against the Jets. I would say that's least resistance, if you ask me. And it's pathetic. Aaron Rodgers has been awful for six straight quarters. How much is the thumb bothering him? Don't know. But if you're out there and you're playing, you have to perform. You're saying you're well enough to do what you're asked to do at your position and Rodgers just so happens to play the toughest and most important one on the field. Now, he's been under a lot of pressure. We'll talk about the offensive line in a minute. But Rodgers is missing throws. He still can't throw a swing pass to save his life. Can't hit a deep ball to save his life. 
He has to try so hard just to complete a ball to anyone. Nothing is coming easy for him, and he looks absolutely terrible out there. After the game, he said he's not going to freak out and make any grand statements. I guess he's got this peaceful you know, whole demeanor that he wants to, to put out there. He doesn't want to be all stressed out. He said that complications with the Packers' offense has been an issue for years, not just without Devontae. It's always been like this, he said. It's always been that when we struggle, we're trying to do too much. I mean, Rodgers has not hit a deep ball since what feels like Bush was in office, and you pick which one. That's how long it's been. His accuracy has been off. He's been off. He says he's got to raise his game a tick. That fourth and 14 in the fourth quarter was all I need to see and know that this offense and the quarterback are not capable of making a play right now. There's no resilience. There's no grit. There's nothing. If Rodgers is a tick better on that play, the ball still falls incomplete. So that's cute and all, but that is some massively cliche player speak. I mean, this guy sat out the entire offseason, showed up with just over a month to prepare in training camp and preseason with a bunch of rookie receivers. A Super Bowl winning quarterback at one time, very long ago, who's been around and knows what it takes to win, chose this route. I'm going to show up in training camp. I'm going to show up in the preseason. I'm not going to pick up a football during the offseason. It seems like Rodgers kind of just reached a moment of reckoning at some point and that he had to to take a step back from the game. He had to take a step back emotionally in order to maintain his sanity and his mental health. I mean, do what you have to do, but I don't think he's at the point where he's getting fired up about losing or playing bad. Or season's not going well. If you're looking for Rodgers to step up and rile up the troops, it ain't going to happen. I mean, at some point, you become a 35-something quarterback and you start thinking about when you're done playing and your mind naturally wanders. As humans, that's how our brain works. What's next in my life? The money's in the bank. It comes every week, whether he plays like ass or he goes off. He can't run anymore. At least he doesn't want to. He didn't make any plays with with his feet. He had an opportunity to try to run against the Jets and didn't, chose to throw, gave up some yards. What he's willing and able to do is le- is a lot less than what he's been in the past. And obviously, as, as you get older, you can't do those things. We say run the ball, don't get stubborn, get the ball to Jones and Dylan. This thing runs through Aaron Charles Rogers and will until he's done playing, period, end of story. You're not getting the cute sitcom ending here where the main character has a moment of reckoning and gets it together by the end of the half hour and just starts chucking it, you know, handing it off 35, 40 times a game. It's a passing league. Aaron Rodgers is a passer, and the Packers offense runs through Rodgers in the pass. And right now they suck. Right now Rodgers sucks, and not by a tick. It's by a whole lot of suck. Now I get it. Sammy Watkins, injured reserve. Christian Watson, possibly going on injured reserve with the hamstring injury, hasn't produced Second round, top wide receiver taken in this draft. Alan Lazard, good, but can't do it on his own. Robert Tunyon shows some signs of life. Going to need more from him. Randall Cobb got hurt. More on that. Romeo Dobbs, rookie, still learning. Making some plays, but not great. And the others, Amari Rodgers, Juwan Winfrey. They're non-factors. Samari Therese on the practice squad. That group is not scaring any defense. And they're not producing a damn thing. This is who Brian Gutekunst handed LaFleur and Rodgers to run their offense this year, and it's not going well at all. When you have a need, you have to not miss when you try to take a swing to fix it. 
this is look like looking like a swing and a miss overall. And I know quite a few people who already felt that was the case before the Packers even played a game this season. They did not like the approach to trying to mitigate losing Devontae Adams in this offense, which again, you aren't going to replace, but it's a passing league and it's Aaron Rodgers offense. So you got to have someone to catch the ball. And you brought in an oft-injured Sammy Watkins, who is unsurprisingly on injured reserve. Christian Watson, small school, wide receiver, injured, didn't play. Rodgers also said this wasn't the game to try to run the ball the way the offensive line was playing. They got destroyed up front. He's not wrong. And this includes Elton Jenkins, who has not looked good at all since he came back from his ACL injury. Royce Newman, of course, was bad. Of course, right? Just the obligatory. I didn't even bother looking at Jake Hansen for the short time he was in for Newman. Royce did return in this game. This offensive line is not the answer. Or they're not good. Jenkins is not good at right tackle. Royce has done nothing but ride the the coaster since he started last season at right guard. If we keep hearing and saying that Yash Nyman is one of their best five, he cannot just stand on the sideline. You must put him in there and move Elton Jenkins back inside where he has been all world prior to last year's knee injury. This game and through its evolution from ground and pound over the years to what it is now, the air raid, the passing NFL still predicates on teams winning up front. You can't run your offense if your offensive line is getting moved off of their assignments and blowing their assignment. That means someone's in your quarterback's face and somebody was in Rodgers' face all day on Sunday. The fear and the respect for the Packers right now is gone. It's absent. Jets cornerback Sauce Gardner is wearing a cheese head around Lambeau Field after the game. Took a few steps into the Packers' tunnel to kind of joke around. Alan Lazard came by, knocked it off his head, and Sauce runs back out, celebrate with the Jets fans in the stands. Lazard himself said it was no disrespect to Sauce. He's very talented. He can't be mad at Sauce Gardner. And, and I'm, you know, I mean, look, I, you know, I, I'm not suggesting Lazard start a fight and get himself fined or suspended just to send a message or make a statement. I want to be very clear about that. But that is some really white collar, subservient speak right there. <laughs> that is some, that is some just, may I have another from Alan Lazard. You certainly can be mad. And it's fine if you're not. Some players don't go there. But that that just kind of struck me as not the grittiest of responses. The defense obviously only gave up three points in the first half. The Jets offense was pretty bad. But the defense ends up bad. They did what they've been doing is the second half, they just crapped themselves. They got some pressure. They had a few sacks. They gave up just, you know... Three points in the first, like I said, but they quit. They just quit. The Brees Hall 34-yard touchdown, that was his, that was supposed to be a reverse pitch to Garrett Wilson. But Hall looks in front of him as he's got the ball, and there's nothing in front of him, so he takes off and runs and scored. That's just a pathetic look and effort. So last week, Jair Alexander makes the comment about how he's not concerned yet unless they lose this week to the Jets. Well, how do you think Jair is feeling now? Jair had a decent game. Zach Wilson, for whatever reason, kept trying to throw at Jair. And he played pretty well. But no one played well in this game. Everybody had had their struggles and their issues, obviously. And it was, it was just bad. 
I don't know what else to say about the Jets the Jets game there. I mean, I I, I singled out in a pretty big way on this show Matt LaFleur just simply because in my my take and my personality is it starts at the top. So Matt LaFleur, you are front and center charged with fixing this. And if it goes poorly, it's on you. On this show, it's your fault, first and foremost. Randall Cobb was carted off during this game. There was He was emotional. He was worried. Rodgers at one point said that he shared that Cobb feared that he had broken his ankle. Uh, was in a little better spirits after the game. Ian Rappaport tweeted uh, at Sunday night that it's not a broken ankle. The x-ray was negative. Looks more like a high ankle sprain. So maybe not as severe of an injury, but that, that could still be a long enough timetable that they have to put Cobb on injured reserve and then try to bring him back if they want to bring him back, which they will. So now what? Packers are 3-3. Three and three. This game's in the rearview mirror. The Jets are gone. We won't see them again for four years. Don't talk to me about a Packers-Jets Super Bowl because that would require the Packers to win enough games to get into the playoffs. The Packers travel to Washington to take on the Commanders next week. Guys and girls, this Washington team is in a shambles. Okay? We thought that the Giants were a fraudulent 3-1 and one last week going, coming into London, and they beat the Packers. Then I joked that the Packers did get a bye week after London. They got the Jets, and they lost. The Washington football team, the, the Commanders, is awful. Awful. Their owner, their shitty owner, whose name does, does not get said on this podcast because I refuse to give it the time, has been investigated for workplace issues, harassment, bullying. He is an awful human being. He is a terrible owner. He is a bad dude. Listen to Andrew Brandt's Business of Sports podcast that just came out at the end of this of last week. It talks about Washington and everything that's going on there. This guy, this this owner has been hiring private detectives to spy on other owners and NFL officials, including Roger Goodell, trying to dig up dirt. And the NFL knows this, by the way, so that if they try to push him out as owner, he can blow up the league with everything he knows. I am not making this up. Go listen to the podcast. This is who the Packers are facing next week. This is... Uh, some serious made-for-TV drama. Because we said if the Packers lose to the Jets next week, that's bad. Well, here we are. We're in Badville. What's going to happen when they go to Washington and get beat? Washington's 2-4 and four after a merciful ending to a terrible Thursday night game against the Bears. Commanders quarterback Carson Wentz. Broken finger. Going to see a specialist. He may not even play in this game. They are awful in every sense of the word. They get a few extra days to prep for... The Packers, who are also awful. This was supposed to be an easy game for the Packers, and now it's looking like kind of a breather for Washington. And if Green Bay loses, it's three straight. They fall under 500, and they're in an all-out free, free fall at that point. If you think this show is off-color and off-character for me, let's see how bad it can get next week. Why not? Let's go for it. Go ahead and get beat next week. I don't care if it's, if it's a hard-fought loss. Lose next week and see how next week's Quick Slants podcast goes. Right now, I can't pick the Packers to win a game. So I guess I'm saying that at this time next week, we could very well be in a worse place than we are right now. 
So the Packers lose two straight to New York teams, one at home, or, uh, or both at home, actually. One was in London. And now they face a bad Washington team. There isn't really any time to lick wounds and figure things out. They have to show up ready to do the thing. Because if they don't, they're staring at three straight losses, and then, then they go on the road to Buffalo and take on the Bills, who just beat the Chiefs. And that game's in Buffalo, and that's going to be four straight losses. So you figure it out as far as how things are looking for the Packers. They didn't take advantage of a stretch that they should have. They had a lead on the Giants, and I think if they don't crap away the London game, I think they come into this game feeling a lot better, and I don't see them playing as poorly as they did. They don't believe in themselves right now. This team has no confidence. They quit. This team has no resolve, no metal, no grit. None of the stuff that I called for have been calling for, do they have? They are lost. Go fix it, Matt LaFleur. And I, you know, I'm not trying to say that he gets a hall pass, but the Packers are not going to fire Matt LaFleur. Uh, unless things go completely scorched earth and down the tubes this season, and the players simply will not play for this man, he is the coach of the Green Bay Packers for the foreseeable future. And I'm okay with that as far as winning games, but that's not the only goal in Green Bay when you have enough players and enough talent to do more. Right now, maybe they don't. They're not playing like they do, but they should. So, unfortunately, we've seen past Packers teams turn things like this around. So, since we've because we've seen it happen before, now we expect it and hopefully want it to happen again. Okay, well, I guess we'll see. Mercifully, that is going to do it for this edition of the Quick Slants Podcast at Game On Wisconsin. This has been your game recap. Thanks, everybody. I'm sorry the week is off to such a rough start from a Packers fan perspective, but I hope your week is going well and that it continues to get even better as we truck along to... Another weekend and another chance for the Green Bay Packers to show us what decent football looks like, God willing. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jason Perone. You can follow Game on Wisconsin at Game on WI. As always, if anybody has any questions, thoughts, topics, comments, agreements, disagreements, tweet at me. Would love to hear from you. Thanks again, everybody, for supporting the show here and supporting Game on Wisconsin. More great content to come for the rest of this week. Everybody, have a great week. Take care of yourselves. And as always, go Pack Go. Off play action, back to the throw, Prescott with time, rifles it over the middle, through the hands of Cooper, intercepted, Jair Alexander, puts